0: Stephanie Borowitz.
1: Thank you, Speaker. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this privilege, Lord, of letting me pray, God. That I, Jesus, am your ambassador here today.
0: And there you have it, Stephanie Borowitz, in the state legislature in the state of Pennsylvania, opening up that particular session with a Christian prayer. You may be saying to yourself, "Yeah, so people do it all the time." Well, not quite so fast here. What Stephanie Borowitz had to say has basically turned the state of Pennsylvania upside down, as well as several people's lives, because what she prayed was deemed by them as either being highly offensive, divisive, mean-spirited, and worst of all, blatantly Islamophobic.
1: I don't look at that as a prayer. I think it was a political, um, radical statement masked as a prayer.
0: Of course, that was Movita Johnson-Harrell, who was the Muslim that was being, well, introduced to the state legislature as the newest electee. And she was up in arms about it. It was a political, radical statement, according to her. And did you... I mean, we're gonna listen to the whole thing here in a second. In fact, let's just go ahead and listen to it right now because I think it will give a, a clearer context of just what all the griping and moaning and complaining is all about. Representative Borowitz.
1: Thank you, Speaker. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this privilege, Lord, of letting me pray, God, that I, Jesus, am your ambassador here today, standing here representing you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, the one who's coming back again, the one who came, died, and rose again on the third day. And I'm so privileged to stand here today, so thank you for this honor, Jesus. God, for those that came before us, like George Washington in Valley Forge, and Abraham Lincoln, who sought after you in Gettysburg, Jesus, and the Founding Fathers in Independence Hall, Jesus, that sought after you and fasted and prayed for this nation to be founded on your principles and your words and your truths. God, forgive us. Jesus, we've lost sight of you. We've forgotten you, God, in our country, and we're asking you to forgive us, Jesus, that your promise and your word says that if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, that you'll heal our land. Jesus, you are our only hope. God, I pray for our leader, Speaker Terzai, Leader Cutler, Governor Wolf, President Trump, Lord, thank you that he stands beside Israel unequivocally, Lord. Thank you that Jesus, that we're blessed because we stand by Israel and we ask for the peace of Jerusalem as your word says, God. We ask that we not be overcome by evil and that we overcome evil with good in this land once again. I claim all these things in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus, the one who at at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus that you are Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Did you hear the lady there at the tail end yell, objection? That person was Margot Davidson, a Democrat from Delaware who claimed to be an evangelical Christian. And she, at the point when Stephanie says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and confess, which is biblical, by the way, which is what as far as I know, all evangelical Christians believe. Davidson blurts out, interrupting the prayer. Objection. These are the types of individuals, whether it's Johnson Harrell or Davidson or even Governor Wolf, who Stevidy Borowitz prays for. He says, I was horrified. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I have a strong spiritual sense. This is not a reflection of the religion I grew up in. Well, good. Because apparently what Borowitz had to say in her prayer and petitioning to God is something you never heard in the so-called spiritual setting that you were in, Mr. Wolf. So maybe Stephanie's doing you a favor. but what was political what was radical about this prayer that it has caused so much consternation amongst so many people and ultimately what would have been more appropriate when especially we're taking a look at well Pennsylvania one of the one of the first states to be colonized Obviously, not everybody was a Christian back at that time. But a good majority of them were. And the ones that weren't believed in the God of the Bible, they didn't believe in the God of Islam. So what prayer would have been more appropriate? Would it have been something along like, say, let's have everybody get out their prayer mats? and bow on their hands and knees toward Mecca, forehead touching the ground, as everybody extols the wonders of Muhammad and Allah and the Quran, maybe Sharia. Would it have been better if we'd had maybe a mullah from the Middle East come and conduct the prayer session? Would it have been better if we would have uttered these words instead? Allah is the target, the prophet is the model, the Quran is the constitution, jihad is the path, and death for the sake of Allah is the loftiest of our wishes. Would that have been better? would have that be better represented what the United States is about. To some probably, yeah, that's probably true. That, that's the way it should be. In fact, a representative by the name of Jason Dawkins, who is another Muslim in the state legislature there in the state of Pennsylvania,
2: he had this to say. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And good morning, good morning. to my colleagues, my friends. Um, today, I bring the translation of yesterday's prayer that was offered uh, for our newest colleague. But before I do that, I wanted to just take a moment um, to reflect my experience when I first got to the house and I have seen other colleagues take this same stance and provide the morning inspiration. And I've always been somewhat hesitant to do it myself because I never thought I can um, provide such a message that I think would have been as inspiring as some of the folks who've come before me. Uh, But I've been moved to take the chance and come up here and provide my experience as a house. And I remember members um, who are no longer here, uh, like Representative Tallman, who I didn't know much, but I met when he first made the uh, morning prayer. And it gave me Uh, a snapshot into uh, his gentle soul. And I was able to kind of build a relationship based on what I heard him say from this Rasm. So I hope I'm able to inspire folks today. I hope we are able to unify each other um, through our actions and our words. Because I do believe words alone does not predict beliefs. I believe your actions is what predicts belief. And as a American Muslim of this chamber, I've always carried myself as an example of what it looks like to be a Muslim. And I wanted folks to see that from the actual actions of me and not the words that I say out of my mouth. So I'm going to give the um, surah fahatiah that we had yesterday and the breakdown of what it means. It's the opening. It's the first chapter of the Holy Quran, and it's uh, seven verses of the prayer of God's guidance, and it stresses its lordship and mercy of God. This chapter is the essential role of the daily prayer, and it's being recited uh, recited at least 17 times per day to start each unit of a rakah, which is a part of the prayer. So as we begin, in the name of God, the Lord of mercy, the giver of mercy, praise belongs to God, God of all works. The world of mercy, the giver of mercy, master of the day of judgment, it is you we worship. It is you we ask for help. God us to straight path, the path of those who you have blessed, those who incurred no anger and no not gone astray. That is the uh, translation to al-Fatiha. And again, I hope we all have a great start of this session, and God bless all of our members. I mean.
0: And everybody gives him a round of applause. In fact, that was just so wonderful. Let's give him some more. The reality is, what Mr. Dawkins did was to simply deceive people. But that's the way of Islam. It's one big lie. Because as Mr. Jason Dawkins points out here in this, what he thought was a more appropriate response and was served up as a corrector to Ms. Borowitz, when you turn to Surah 1 there in the Quran, it doesn't start out by saying, praise be to God. It's praise be to Allah. Allah is the Muslim deity and is vastly different than the Christian God, or the Jewish God. Now, the Muslims like to throw up this canard that, well, the Jews and the Muslims and the Christians, they all worship the same deity, but that's an abject lie. Just look at how the Muslims treat Jesus, who is God incarnate, according to the Bible. But you see, the Muslims only enjoy the bible when it serves their purposes they are the typical cult in that respect twisting and distorting the bible to serve, to serve their you know means and purposes but beyond that they hate the bible they hate jesus they hate god as he's depicted in the bible so when he says you know we're going to give a a better or a, a rendering here of the uh, islamic prayer you know, in honor of our colleague that has come into the the chamber here. He's deceiving everybody. Praise be to Allah, the cherisher and sustainer of the worlds. This is from A.Y. Ali's Holy Quran that is widely recognized and accepted by Muslims around the world as probably the most uh, authentic English translation, the most... Uh, Uh, honorable when it comes to translating the Arabic. Most gracious, most merciful, master of the day of judgment, thee do we worship and thine aid we seek. Show us the straight way. The Bible says that Jesus is the straight way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. It's not through Muhammad. It's not through Islamic gibberish. It's not through keeping the Sunnah or reading the Hadith or bowing and praying with your head on the Quran. It's none of that. Jesus says, I am the way. If this Muslim really wanted to honor God and cease his attack upon Ms. Borowitz, he would have recognized this right off at the start. But he doesn't recognize Jesus as such. To a Muslim, as they understand the Christian's explanation of who Jesus is, from the Bible, is committing blasphemy by equating God with Jesus. He's not the way. He's just a common schmo, kind of like Muhammad was. And I'm thinking, that's more honorable? That's less divisive? That's less mean-spirited? That's less diabolic? I don't think so. But everybody's sitting there, you know, giving this wonderful applause. Oh, this is just wonderful. No, it's not. This is the very thing that Stephanie Borowitz was talking about. To ask God's forgiveness because we have lost sight of him.
1: God, forgive us. Jesus, we've lost sight of you. We've forgotten you, God, in our country.
0: We have forgotten God. And when we've got so-called evangelical Christians standing up and objecting, to a Christian prayer. That is clear evidence of what Ms. Borowitz is saying. It's the very clear evidence that shows that if you're letting a Muslim come in with all of these cockeyed ideas about Jesus and God and revelation and what, uh, what grace and mercy and peace are all about, when you're letting them come in as a corrector, as somebody who thinks, you know what, Islam is the way, the truth, and the life, rather than Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then you've got a legislature, as well as a state, as well as a country, that is being led astray. We're being led into darkness. We're not being led out of it. But his surah concludes, the way of those on whom thou hast bestowed grace. That is the born-again Christian. Jesus said it himself. Ye must be born again. And it's not something that a person does for themselves. It is by God's grace that that happens. He says, in his reference to the surah, those whose portion is not wrath. Jesus said, if you're not born again, And you reject him as the way, the truth, and the life. He says he who does not believe in him is not judged. He who does not believe has already been judged. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Muslims reject that Jesus is the Son of God and yet you've got these so-called evangelical Christians who are hopping in bed with the Muslims yelling oh. objection that Jesus is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings and that everybody's going to bow a knee to Jesus once he returns you know it is just is unfathomable to me just how backwards this whole thing is they're attacking Ms. Borowitz for uttering a biblical prayer, and they're upholding and applauding this Muslim idolater as a, as a viable substitute. Because, you see, what Ms. Borowitz did, she was weaponizing religion.
3: This is not a place where you should weaponize religion and try to use it to intimidate anyone.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if, if you just go read the book of Revelation. When Jesus does return. If you're not intimidated by that, you're dead already. But at least according to some like Jordan Harris who made this stupid comment, that's what that's what uh, Stephanie Borowitz was doing. She's not really uttering a prayer. She's kind of like Movita Johnson. Harold, oh, she's just making a political radical statement. She's uttering a biblical truth. You know, when she says,
1: Jesus, you are our only hope.
0: He is our only hope. Because he is the only God who came and died for the sins of humanity. What exactly did Muhammad ever do? Except run around, be rejected because he was a false prophet, And then when he finally became a warlord, after moving to Medina, goes about plundering caravans, warring with the Jews and the Christians, booting them out of Saudi Arabia, subjugating the rest of the pagans underneath Islamic rule, and then when his his, uh, caliphs took over after he suddenly passes away, maraud their way across North Africa and the Middle East, all the way up into Europe, and this goes on for centuries. Christians and Jews dying at their hands in the most disgusting of ways. Oh, it wasn't... He didn't do it by the sword. No, he only did it by force and the scimitar, which is a sword. And so did they... How easy we forget, or we just don't, we're just too stinking lazy to even read history to know that what Muhammad and the Muslims have been doing for 14 centuries reeks of lying and corruption, of death and murder and mayhem. But hey, you know, it's It's Stephanie Borowitz, she's the problem.
3: There's no place for that type of hate in this chamber. There's no place for that type of divisiveness.
0: No, but you can stand up there and lie reading from the Quran to honor another Muslim. You can do that. You can ignore the rest of what the Quran has to say about what to do with the pagans and the Jews. And the Christians. But when the forbidden months are past, then fight and slay the pagans. That's anybody that was not a Jew, that was not a Christian, or a Zoroastrian, because they were all monotheistic, like Muhammad said that he was. You fight them and you slay them. You behead them wherever you find them, and seize them, beleaguer them, and lie in wait for them in every stratagem of war. And the Muslims are at war with the world. They're at war with the Jews. They're at war with the Christians. Don't let them snooker you into believing all this pop propaganda about Islam is a religion of peace. It is no such thing unless you happen to be another Muslim. And even at that, depending on what gender you are, you may not necessarily be enjoying peace that, at that time either. But if they repent and establish regular prayers and practice regular charity, then open the way for them, for Allah is all forgiving. This is one verse here in Surah 9.5 that A.Y. Ali has referenced as a verse of jihad. This is what the Muslim lives by. And if he doesn't live by that, fight Those who believe not in Allah, nor the last day, nor hold that forbidden which hath been forbidden by Allah and his messenger, nor acknowledge the religion of truth from among the people of the book. That's the Jews and the Christians. Until they pay the jizya with willing submission and feel themselves subdued. Yes, there's no place for hate, hatred, and divisiveness in the legislative Chambers there in Pennsylvania, unless you put a Muslim up there and we ignore his playbook, then it's okay. Well, I'm sorry, it's not okay. What Ms. Borowitz had to say was spot on. We've forgotten God, and many people just simply hate God. They hate Jesus. And so when somebody has the guts to stand up and pray a prayer like Ms. Borowitz said, it turns people just upside down. They can't stand it. They would rather have a faulty alternative. They would rather lay down as dimmies not dummies, now they may be dummies, but they want to lay down as dimmies, and let the Muslim roll right over the top of him and believe all of the claptrap about, oh, this is Islamophobic and so on and so forth, not for the sake of opening up a discussion and really talking about the things I just read to you here, not for that sake, but for shutting it down. This is the fascism of Islam. They don't want to talk about these. Oh, you're just an Islamophobe. Really, if you took a look at history, you should be afraid of Islam because what they've got in store for you is not something you're going to want once it starts to have have full fruition. You're going to have people dying in the streets like they do in Saudi Arabia, like they do in the streets of Tehran like they're doing right now in France and Germany and like they're doing in England and like even some of them have done here in the United States. The Muslims are abiding their time. They have waited 14 centuries to do the very thing that you're seeing that's taking place not only in the state legislature there in Pennsylvania, but all across the United States, even in Congress, where you've got two radical Muslim women that are bad-mouthing Israel almost on on a daily basis, and they are not asking for anybody's forgiveness and meaning it. Even Ilan Omar. Oh, we're going to give a... a, uh, an apology for her anti-Semitic comments, only to turn right around and utter some more. They're abiding their time because they know that many people just don't have the wherewithal to stand up to them. And unfortunately, on the left side of the political spectrum, where everything is relative, they're fostering this Islamic take Will it happen within our lifetime? God only knows. But for a legislator like Stephanie Borowitz to stand up and utter a prayer and then have all of, this, all of these individuals, her, criticize criticizer, and so on and so forth, and then turn around and make this claim.
3: What I believe is Christ's teaching more than anything. And his teaching would not be about and was not about dividing us as a people, but uniting us as a people.
0: That is a lie. Here's another person who claims to be a Christian. He, had to to, he does not have a clue what Jesus taught. Jesus said, he who's not for me is against me. He didn't say climb in the boat here. Let's all be one ecumenical mess. And let's just kind of discuss our similarities.
3: It is our similarities that help us get things done for our constituents back home. Not the divisive nature that we saw today.
0: That is a lie as well. All of this stuff about, oh, multiculturalism and diversity and so forth that has nothing in common with what Jesus taught, Paul taught, John taught, Peter taught, Jude taught, the Bible teaches. The Bible says that the Christian is a peculiar individual. He's distinct from the world. He's not to just kind of climb in there and throw out the distinction And all of the things that might cause, well, a little bit of controversy, you know, just throw it aside, and so we can link arms with those that the Apostle Paul said were in league with the devil. Islam is not a godly religion, there is nothing that the Christian has in common with it. There is a completely different God, there's a completely different Jesus, there's a completely different gospel. There's a completely different revelation. There's a completely different future. The the Christian cannot climb in bed with a Muslim and expect a great outcome. Now, what Stephanie Borowitz offered here was just simply unmitigated truth. She prayed a biblical prayer.
1: We ask that we not be overcome by evil and that we overcome evil with good in this land once again.
0: And you know where that starts? Because she's quoting from Romans chapter 12. It starts with the renewing of the mind. It doesn't call for us to, once again, be one ecumenical hodgepodge that doesn't know the truth from error, that doesn't know, you know, light from darkness. It doesn't call for us to Forget our differences. It says, you know what? Here's what makes you distinct. Now, what took place there in Pennsylvania and what has occurred since is a travesty. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can write me, Dr. Paul. Dr. Paul at capro.info I'll take your questions and your comments please keep your you know, your insults clean I'm sure this is probably going to rankle some people's feathers oh well this is the difference between biblical Christianity and coffee shop Christianity or maybe you're not even a Christian at all but I'll take your questions or comments Till next time, remember what you presuppose about God affects how you interpret the world. You take care.